At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. With Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Back on the look ahead, I'm Scott Seidenberg here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on air, S C O T T S O N A I R, or all of us on the network at VSIN Live. Uh, the NBA Summer League going on right here in town in Vegas. And the breaking news that we found out here on Monday is that Paolo Boncaro's time at the Summer League has come to an end. Nope. Not due to injury, but because they've seen enough from him. Von Carroll did well, played two games. Uh, He averaged 20 points, six assists, and five rebounds. The number one overall pick did in his two games here in Vegas. But the Magic have made the decision to sit him out the rest of the Summer League because they want to use this opportunity to evaluate other players. And I get it, you know, give some guys some playing time. Does it it ruin the... uh, the uh, price of admission, I mean, well, the price is the same, but the, the need to go in there and watch a Magic game, yeah, it's it's not an attraction really anymore because you wanted to go see Paolo Boncaro. Now, you're not going to see him play. I'm thinking about this, and I'm wondering the effect it's going to have on his odds to win Rookie of the Year. He has overtaken Chet Holmgren now as the favorite to win the Rookie of the Year. And this this was expected, right? Everyone overreacted to Chet Holmgren in his first game in the Summer League, right? Wow, this guy's incredible. You know, what a, what a great job he did. The six blocks was a Summer League record. And then, you know, he gets bodied up in the next game by Kenny Lofton Jr. And then he, you know, goes out there and, um, you know, he's okay and still showing you some things here. Uh, The Thunder beat the Magic 84-81 here on uh, Monday. Chet Holmgren in this game had 16 points, 10 rebounds, Two assists and two blocks. Played 27 minutes, 7 of 10 from the field, 2 of 4 from three-point range. Pretty good. Pretty good numbers. But again, I will tell everyone to just pause a little bit. Can't take so much away from Summer League because a lot of the guys that you're playing against to steal a line from Major League going to be bagging groceries next week. And... 
I, I just don't get the hype now for him to be the rookie of the year because when he has to go up against some NBA caliber players, you know, some of the big bodies that he's going to go up against in the NBA, you know, I just think he's going to get exposed. I really do. I like Boncaro much more to win the rookie of the year. Now, his odds I've seen fluctuate. I know there are some books that still have Holmgren the favorite, some books that still have Boncaro the favorite. Here's what I'm hoping for. First off, Jaden Ivey's my selection to be rookie of the year. But I'll place a bet on Jaden Ivey, and I'll place a bet on Paolo Boncaro. If, with Boncaro now not playing the rest of the summer league, we're going to have opportunities to see Chet Holmgren play more, assuming that Oklahoma City continues to play him. The odds on Holmgren as people watch him more and more could actually change. His next game is going to be on Wednesday against the Kings. And then, let's see, Thursday, did they play again? They wouldn't play Thursday. Friday's the final day before we get into, yeah, they play the Warriors on Friday. So, I mean, look, Chet Holmgren against James Wiseman, that's a ticket. That's something that you want to watch. Uh, 7 o'clock Eastern time on Friday from Thomas and Mac. I just think it's going to be a situation where if Holmgren shines in his next two, maybe three, whatever it is, summer league games, the market will soften on him and you can get Boncaro at a better number to win rookie of the year. Especially if he has another, you know, six block performance or whatever. People are just going to go nuts over this kid. Friday is something I'm really looking forward to, though. Because if we can get a James Wiseman, Chet Holmgren matchup, well, that's very, very intriguing. Wiseman is seven feet tall, weighs about... 240 pounds and was the second overall pick a couple of seasons ago and comes back after the knee injury and looks good. He looks real good. Holmgren obviously is getting all the hype. Second overall pick. Yep. But when these guys go up against each other on Friday, if we do get this matchup, I'm so curious to see what I think that is going to be the most intriguing matchup that everyone's going to watch here in the Summer League. Prime time on Friday night. Now, if Wiseman has his way with Holmgren, it's going to downgrade Holmgren a bunch. And people are going to... It it, it might be eye-opening. But then again, if Holmgren goes out there and he really gives it to James Wiseman... It's going to say a lot about Chet Holmgren. And then people are going to just load up on him to be the rookie of the year. But that's what's going on at the NBA Summer League. Here's the scores that we had here on Monday and any performances that really stand out. The Pelicans defeated the Hawks 101-73. Trey Murphy had 30 points for the Pelicans in this one. Um, let's see, any other big-time performances? I mentioned Chet Holmgren with the 16 points. 
and the 10 rebounds. Uh, Taco Fall had 15 boards for the Jazz. Jazz beat the Mavericks 83-82. He had 12 points and 15 rebounds. And Quentin Grimes continues to shine for the Knicks. Quentin Grimes with 24 points and four boards. The Knicks fell to the Blazers, though, 88-77. to It was just the other day where Quentin Grimes had a big day for the Knicks. He had 24 points in their win on uh, Sunday against the Bulls. So, you know, this dude continues to shine. I mean, probably doesn't belong playing in the Summer League, but, hey, get some run here. He'll definitely get some run for them in the uh, regular season for sure. Uh, games coming up here that are you know noteworthy on Tuesday. I mean, the Pistons take on the Pacers. You're curious about the Pistons roster. And saw this great stat from about the Pistons, right? That in the past, I guess, year or so, GM Troy Weaver turned, and this is uh, from Randy who tweeted this out. I want to give him proper credit here. Um he just a twin. That's just a uh, a Pistons fan, but the roster was Bruce Brown, Svi Mileluk, Luke Kennard, Christian Wood, Jordan Bone. Now it's Cade Cunningham, Jaden Ivey, Isaiah Stewart, Jalen Duran, Marvin Bagley, Killian Hayes, Isaiah Livers. Yeah, they traded away Jeremy Grant, but they did well in the draft. They've done well here. Pistons are going to be a fun team to watch this year. Pretty fun team to watch. Uh, And then, you know, maybe we'll see uh, Celtics stick on the Warriors. Uh, You'll have to check the rosters to see who's playing. But James Wiseman, if he's playing, definitely be fun to watch, especially in a lineup with uh, Kaminga and with uh, Moody if he plays as well. So that's what's going on here. In Vegas at the Summer League. Don't forget, we are broadcasting live. The Edge, uh, Jonathan Von Tobel, our senior NBA analyst, and Matt Humans are live at uh, Thomas & Mack every single day here for the Summer League. And yes, the big news coming out of the Summer League is that Paolo Boncaro is not going to play anymore. Two games more than enough for Boncaro and the Magic. Uh, Also, according to reports, Adrian Wojnarowski dropped this bomb here on uh, Monday. The NBA Board of Governors is expected to uh, announce that the play-in tournament is here to stay. Uh, The play-in tournament was just uh, a trial, a two-year trial basis, but a lot of support has been shown for it. People like it, gives more teams an opportunity to make the playoffs. So the play-in tournament is going, looks like it's going to be here to stay as the uh, Board of Governors is expected to vote and approve this coming up tomorrow on Tuesday. Uh, They are also expected to pass a rule that penalizes the take foul on fast breaks with a free throw and a possession. So think about that. When there's a fast break, a lot of times, you know, a guy will just grab and foul because the other team is not back on defense. This is different than a, you know, clear path foul. This is like, you know, you turn over the basketball and then you just reach out and grab the guy so he doesn't run out on a fast break. Well, the Board of Governors is going to pass this rule. So if you do that, it's going to be a free throw and possession for the player that gets fouled. 
I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Uh, coming up next, let's get into a little NFL. Chris Raybon from the Action Network will join me here on The Look Ahead as we talk about some of the more interesting futures bets for the upcoming NFL season, some win totals that he likes, maybe player props as well. I'll ask his thoughts on uh, some of the ones that I have been eyeballing, especially when it comes to the NFC East. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. VSIN will be broadcasting live from the NBA Summer League now through July 17th. Catch the edge with our senior NBA analyst, Jonathan Von Tobel, and Matt Humans at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, live from the NBA Summer League every weekday. We'll also have special guests, exclusive content, and live updates all throughout VSIN shows. For more, follow us at VSIN Live on Twitter and at VSIN Live on YouTube. Scott Sattenberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. To help us talk some NFL futures, we welcome in Chris Raybon from the Action Network and Chris, where are you right now in terms of your NFL preparation? Obviously, the latest news was the Baker Mayfield uh, acquisition by the Panthers, but are you uh, just getting started with uh, going into the schedules and the teams? Are you pretty much set on everybody's schedule? Where are you in your preparation for this fall right now? Well, Scott, I'm pretty much set. I'm just, you know, updating things as they come. I think you know, when you're kind of modeling the NFL, it's important to kind of get a, a bird's eye view of the league. You know, I have my spreadsheets and my model for uh, both teams and players. So uh, I'm ready to go. I got all my win totals and, and all that good stuff. So just waiting for the season to start. Let's talk about the Panthers specifically with the Baker Mayfield acquisition. We saw the game one line obviously move. And look, I got it months ago at plus three and a half. It was four and a half. And I was lucky enough to get it at three and a half. Uh, before it went off the board, and now it's back up, and it's one, and I, I, I'm not, I, I'm really shocked why some people were surprised at this trade. It's like, hey, we knew this was going to happen, 
Um, and people are like, wow, I can't believe they're playing each other week one. Yeah, we also knew that was going to happen months ago. But as far as the Panthers' win total goes, does the acquisition of Baker Mayfield improve their chances to exceed their win total now in your mind? Yes, it actually does. And I know it, it was kind of an underwhelming trade. You know, if you're out there and you're just saying, okay, they're going from Sam Darnold to Baker Mayfield. But Sam Darnold, remember, was very bad and always has been just decision-making turnovers and turnovers are, are obviously going to kill you. And so Baker Mayfield adds about 1.5 points per game uh, to my Panthers projection. And over the course of a season, you know, those 1.5 points per game, that adds up to about one more win, you know, than they had previously. So I actually think it does uh, increase their chances. And remember, outside of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that division is kind of shaky. So, you know, uh, the Saints going to a new coach now, we don't know exactly how that's all going to turn out. They kind of lost some key guys. They're getting some key guys back. So there's some opportunities here for the Carolina Panthers with Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I think they are going to exceed their win total. I think this can be a seven-win team, mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe even an eight-nine team. I do like Baker, and I think that he's going to be playing with a chip on his shoulder knowing, you know, listen, this guy, no one really wanted him. He had to take a pay cut and uh, an opportunity to really show the league what he's made of and maybe work towards his future here in the NFL. So I actually do really like a Panthers over. Is there another win total, or I'm sure there's plenty of them, but can you tell me one win total that you have circled and you are really looking forward to seeing this one go over? For overs, I, you know, I don't really like betting overs. I'm I'm not an over guy. Like I'm always looking for unders. I think those are the more profitable um, sides in general. Not always, obviously, but when I'm looking, at, especially at this time part of the season, I think everybody's a little bit too optimistic around the league, mm -hmm. and so. I'm looking at a team like the Chicago Bears. They're sitting at six and a half wins, just like the Carolina Panthers. I think that Panthers team is so much better than this <laughs> Bears team. And so let's 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 go let's go line by line here. Let's go around the, the, the positions. Starting at quarterback, you got Justin Fields, worst QBR in the league last year. Now, I, I happen to like Justin Fields. I think, you know, with the right pieces around him, maybe he could improve. But even if you think that he takes a step forward this year, the offensive line has question marks all over. They might start a fifth-round rookie at left tackle with Braxton Jones. PFF has them ranked 31st in offensive line grade coming into the season. Their wide receiving core, bottom five, you got to say. I like Darnell Mooney as a player, but now he's the number one, you know, with Allen Robinson gone. They might start Pringle, and they might start Equinemia St. Brown. I mean, it's tough on the offense. And then you go flip over to the defense. The pass rush loses Khalil Mack. Only played seven games last year, but he had six sacks in those seven games. Roquan Smith is coming off his worst season. Uh, Eddie Jackson's been declining for three years straight. They're going to rely on two rookie starters in the secondary, probably from week one. And most of their easiest games uh, are on the road. Atlanta on the road. Jets on the road. Giants on the road. They played Detroit on the road once, obviously, at home as well. Uh, but I don't see a lot of gimmies on this Bears schedule. Um, I, I don't see a lot of... Uh, even average position groups on the Bears roster. So I'm hammering that under six and a half wins uh, for the Chicago Bears. I like that a lot. Uh, you mentioned the Jets. I actually love their win total over five and a half. I think this is a six or seven win football team. I love what they did in the draft. They really got four players 
that mm-hmm. in my mind will have an immediate impact on this season. They've done a good job surrounding Zach Wilson with talent. There really is no excuse for him not to have a much better season than he had last year. What's your take on the New York Jets? I like that over because when you are looking to bet overs, you do want to kind of hang out in these, you know, four, five, six and a half uh, lines because I think that's when you're gonna you're gonna find some value more often than not. And with the Jets, I think the thing that you really have to look for when you're expecting a team to to kind of exceed expectations. How's their offensive line going to be? And I think the Jets, you look at the line, and as long as Makai Becton can kind of keep it together, they have a lot of talent on that offensive line. They're, like, they're already ranked above average by PFF, but I think this could be a top 10 offensive line. You know, we already know what they did on the skill position. They they finally have two solid tight ends. They have three or they can go three or four deep at wide receiver now after drafting Garrett Wilson. Um, and, and, you know, they draft Brees Hall at running back to give him a nice compliment uh, and probably, a, you know, the 1A to Michael Carter's 1B. So I like the offense. I think the defense is going to be better than it was last year. And you have a defensive head coach. So you you expected it to take a year just because of the talent deficiency they had last year. So uh, I do like the New York Jets to go over that five and a half. Yeah, look, LaMarcus Joyner uh, there and also, you know, guys coming back from injury like C.J. Mosley and mm-hmm. Carl Lawson. So I definitely think the Jets will be better. I love the over Five and a half wins there. Uh, give me another uh, futures bet that you like here for this upcoming season. So let's let's jump to divisions. I know we talked a bunch of win totals, but you get some juicier odds if you're picking, uh, you know, an underdog to win a division. Mm-hmm. What about the Minnesota Vikings to win the NFC North? Plus I love 265, it. 265, right? I, love it. I really do. Listen, I like what the Packers did, except they lost Devontae Adams. Like, that was, you know, they're still going to be a good team. Don't get me wrong. But... You look at the Vikings and you say, first of all, it's probably a two-team race off the bat. Uh, I think Detroit's going to be better than Chicago, but I still don't think Detroit's going to be a winning team this year. I think they're still a year away from, you know, kind of getting back to where they want to be in the rebuild. Um, so it's probably going to be a two-team race. So right there, that's already value. You look at Kirk Cousins, 68 touchdowns and 20 picks over the last two years since they got a guy named Justin Jefferson. Uh, they're getting Kevin O'Connell, which means they finally got an offensive-minded head coach. Uh, you know, he could probably do some of the things, at least in my mind, that he did for the Rams last year with Cooper Cup with Justin Jefferson. So, mm-hmm. like, don't be surprised if Justin Jefferson catches, like, 150 balls for 2,000 yards this year. The offense is going to be explosive. Then you look on defense, you still got Daniil Hunter to rush the passer. Cam Dantzler was one of the better corners in the league last year. Patrick Peterson still a solid number two. Uh, Hicks and Kendricks at the linebacker position is solid. You know, we, we know the safety position is going to be solid as well. So uh, I think this Minnesota team is just a very solid team all around. And if that offense is is as explosive uh, as it can be, especially with O'Connell taking over here, uh, I think they could surprise the people and steal the division from the Green Bay Packers. We got about a minute left or so. I'm going to give you a long shot division play. I want your thoughts on it. The so, Giants to win the NFC East. I don't hate it. I've thought, you know, I like the offensive line a lot more than I have in, I think, what, the last five, ten years for the New York Giants. I think, you know, we've seen what Dable did with Josh Allen um, in the past. Maybe he could do that with Daniel Jones. I still, I'm still a little worried about the defense, but Adoree Jackson was good, and that's the guy they kept at corner. Um, he was better than Bradbury last year. So uh, no one ever wins the NFC East twice in a row. So <laughs> Not since 2004. <laughs> Right, yeah. So, so I, I can't, I can't hate on the uh, the Giants to win that one. Yeah, it's probably going to be the Eagles, but at you know eight nine to one, I think I like the New York Giants as a long shot play. And uh, nine to one, Daniel Jones, comeback player of the year. 
is one that I like as well. Uh, you know, thinking that Brian Dable could have a big impact on a guy who is playing for his football life. Remember, the Giants did not pick up his fifth-year option, so he is a free agent at the end of the season. Uh, Chris, I appreciate the time and the conversation. Looking forward to doing it again. All right, thanks for having me. Take there care. Is. Chris Raybon from the Action Network talking a little NFL win totals, NFL futures. I love what he said about the Minnesota Vikings, and yeah, Justin Jefferson could do what Cooper Cup did uh, in the same system with Kevin O'Connell there as the new head coach. So I do like the Minnesota Vikings to win that division over the Green Bay Packers. Vikings currently plus 265 up on the DraftKings Sportsbook, and the Packers are minus 190. No thanks on that one. I'm Scott Sadenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's On Air. This is the look ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Ice cold beers, cold hard cash. Join the action on the pitch with the Heineken 2022 Soccer Prediction Challenge. Compete in 20 free-to-play pools this season for your shot at a share of $100,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Heineken now to start your run at Victory Heineken. Beer made better. 21 and over only terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details, please. Drink responsibly. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Always on Twitter, at Scott's on air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Coming up about 15 minutes or so from now, we'll be joined by Brad Thomas from NBC Sports Bet. We'll talk uh, the Open Championship and take a look at who the best bets are to place for this event starting later on this week. Wanted to go through some of the other... Um, Football futures, as we just got done talking from, with uh, Chris Raybon from the Action Network, uh, he likes the Minnesota Vikings in the NFC North. I actually really like that as well. Looking at the DraftKings Sportsbook right now, Vikings plus 265, Packers minus 190, and I really do think that the Vikings have a legit chance to win this division. Uh, I think the Packers, it's only natural that they would take a step back with the loss of Devontae Adams. Although it's so hard to bet against Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur because all they've done is go out there and win 13 games for the past three seasons. The first time that's been done in the NFL history. 13 wins, three straight seasons. But the Vikings schedule, you know, the way it lines up, right? You play the Packers in week one. I think that's the perfect time to face the Packers. Last year, Aaron Rodgers didn't play in the preseason. I don't know how much he's going to play in the preseason. If I had to make a bet, I'd say he doesn't even play at all in the preseason. When the guy, you know, a guy like Aaron Rodgers, you know, a veteran, he's been around, he's, you know, looking ahead to the next phase of his life and whatnot. He doesn't want to go through the whole training camp and he doesn't, not training, he doesn't want to go through the whole preseason. He's not going to risk any injury. He'll practice with the team, and I just don't see him playing in the preseason. And, you know, a guy like that, a veteran player, much like last year, that you understand that, like, the first couple of weeks of the NFL season, that's like your preseason. You use those first couple of weeks to get into the whole, 
you know, rhythm of things. Last season, they got demolished in week one by the Saints in Jacksonville. And then they go on and just run through the rest of their schedule. They win 13 games, right, after losing week one. So I think playing the Packers in week one, great opportunity for the Vikings to get a win and an important win in that division. Then you look at the Eagles on Monday night. All right, a little bit of a challenge. Lions, you know, oh, they should beat the Lions twice. Um, you know, they do have the London game against the uh, Saints, right, at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. And something that is interesting is that they declined the bye after the London game. So they're going to have their bye later on in the season. Their bye comes in week seven after they play the Dolphins and before they play the Cardinals. So they elected to not have the bye after the Saints game, and which would have been, what, week one, two, three, four? It would have been a week five bye. They chose not to have it then. Uh, and really, you know, I look at the, the road games, right? Because those are the ones, like, at home, you're always going to get your home field advantage. You're going to have your points at home. But on the road for the Vikings, okay, you're at the Eagles. You're in London against the Saints. At the Dolphins. At the Commanders. At the Bills will, of course, be difficult. At the Lions. And then at the Packers and Bears. I mean, those are winnable games. I mean, even the Packers game is winnable. That's obviously going to be the biggest challenge there, but... Bears is a win. Lions is a win. Commanders should be a win. This is a team. This is a play. Obviously, it's a playoff team in my mind, but I think they have a really good chance to win this division at plus 265. I wouldn't place a bet on anybody, you know, not name the Bucks in the NFC South. The NFC West, I still think the Rams are the class of that division. I'm not buying in on the 49ers, and and I've been anti-49ers for a while now. I just, honestly, I don't know what to expect from Trey Lance. And, I mean, it's maybe Garoppolo's their quarterback. I really don't know. But I still think the Rams are the class of that division. In the AFC West, I think it's wide open. I love the Chargers at plus 220 as opposed to the Kansas City Chiefs. I think Justin Herbert is an MVP candidate this year. I think the Chargers are really uh, primed for a bounce back from last season. This is a team that at one point last year had a legit opportunity, should they have beaten the Chiefs in that second matchup, to actually get the number one overall seed in the AFC playoffs. But they lose to the Chiefs. Then they get the surprising loss to the Texans. The season kind of gets away from them. And, of course, they lose in the overtime game against the Raiders at the end of the season to eliminate themselves from playoff contention. But I think the Chargers are primed for a bounce back uh, at plus 220. I like them a lot. In the AFC East, I wouldn't bet anybody not name the Bills. In the NFC East, I think the Eagles win this division, but I don't hate a long shot bet on the New York Giants. I do think the Giants are going to be much improved. This division eats itself up every single season. And we know that a different team has won this division every single year since 2004. So I'm betting against a Cowboys repeat. Like I said, I do think the Eagles win this division. I think they're the best team in this division. I love the Eagles to win you know, maybe 10 games this year, 10, 11 games. I do think they go over their win total. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants maybe win 9, 10 games and win this division. 
In the AFC South, uh, I do think the Colts are the class of the division. I'm not counting out the Titans, of course. I just don't think that they're going to be as good as the Colts. Uh, I think the addition of Matt Ryan is going to be just tremendous for this Colts team. And in the AFC North, for me, it's the Baltimore Ravens. This is a team that was decimated by injuries last year. And with getting these guys back healthy, I think Lamar is an interesting MVP bet. And the Ravens, who are always good under John Harbaugh, I think will have a bounce-back season this year. And um, I think the Ravens win this division. Uh, I think the Browns, obviously, are going to be down. They're going to be without Deshaun Watson for a while. We'll get an announcement on that soon, hopefully. And the Bengals, I'm not going to say it's a Super Bowl hangover, but um, it's one thing when you are the hunter. It's another thing to be the hunted. And, you know, teams are going to go in there and give their best to the Cincinnati Bengals as they have become the hunted now in the AFC. Certainly are not taking anybody by surprise anymore. Uh, As far as the awards market goes in the NFL, um, you know, thinking about the most valuable player, I do like the, like I said, I do like Justin Herbert to be the MVP. Right now he is your uh, fourth favorite, third favorite, 10 to 1 to be the MVP, other long shots, Lamar Jackson, 20 to one to be the MVP. Other than that, I don't really see a guy out there. I mean, Matt Ryan, 40 to one, if that intrigues you, if you think that he has a big bounce back season, but you know, it's a quarterback award. So Allen is going to be the guy that's going to win this thing. Uh, You know, he's at seven to one right now. Mahomes, Brady, Rogers, they're all in the mix. Not a believer in Dak Prescott or, or Joe Burrow. Even though Burrow's been fantastic, I think Herbert's the guy. Lamar Jackson would be my second bet as well. Uh, offensive player of the year, Jonathan Taylor, certainly has a case. But I'll tell you who I really love, and it's the conversation that we just had with Chris Raybon. Justin Jefferson, 20-1. to 1. This is a guy who last season had very similar stats to what we saw from Cooper Cup. Not as great as Cooper Cup. But he was there. Last year, second in the league in receiving yardage to Cooper Cup. He had 167 targets and 108 catches to Cup's 191 targets and 145 catches. He had 10 touchdowns. Uh, I think that in this new Kevin O'Connell offense, Justin Jefferson plays that Cooper Cup role. And I like Justin Jefferson, 20-1 to offensive player of the year to do what Cooper Cup did last season. So those are some of the futures that I like here in the NFL. But speaking of futures bets, let's get into the Open Championship. Is it worth putting a little bit of money here on Tiger Woods? Rory McIlroy, is he the rightful favorite for this event? We will talk to Brad Thomas from NBC Sports Bet coming up next. Get his thoughts on the course at St. Andrews and, of course, the field here for the Open Championship. You know I got to place a bet on my guy, Willie Z, just because, man, if he, if he wins this thing and I don't bet him, uh, I'm never going to forgive myself. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. This is The Look Ahead. 
here on Visa. VSIN, the sports betting network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of CityCasts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are CityCasts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, LA, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcasts. Scott Sadenberg back here with you. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Joining us now to talk a little open championship is our friend Brad Thomas at Mr. Brad Thomas on Twitter, of course, from NBC Sports Bet. Brad, how excited are you for what we are going to see this weekend at St. Andrews? Listen, we are going to where it all started, the old course <laughs> at St. Andrews. My excitement level is is almost uncontainable. I uh, I woke up, I think it was uh, Sunday, I watched a little bit of the Scottish Open, I laid out my outfits all of my open t-shirts because I'm just so excited. This is true Lynx golf. This is a golf course that is so old where technology has surpassed the golf course. The skill set of the golfers has surpassed the golf course. We're going to be seeing some incredible golf at still a difficult course. So what type of golfer does this course benefit? Does it does it benefit the long guys off the tee? Does it benefit the uh, the short game, the iron play? Who does this really benefit this style? Well, the beautiful the beautiful thing about this golf course is there's so many types of golfers, so many pathways to victory. If you think about it, the bombers, the guys who sprayed off the tee like the Tony Finau, yeah, they're not really penalized for missing the fairways. And if they bomb it down there 330 yards, they only have a 50-yard wedge shot in. But then you have the guys like Ustazen who aren't hitting the ball very, very far, but they're so crafty with their wedges in their short game and flighting the ball lower that they succeed here. So you can see a, a myriad of different kinds of players win. Personally, I attack the Bombers because it's always easier with a wedge in your hand than when you're hitting like a, a nine iron. So I, yeah. I, I like the Bombers here. And, you know, obviously this, this is a type of course where – you know, you could shank it to the other hole, but play it off of the other fairway, which is what I like to do when I play, Brad. You know, I like <laughs> to play from the other fairways. Um, the, the biggest story, of course, is Tiger Woods. Uh, when he went out there for his practice round, everybody is gushing over Tiger. How do you think he performs here this weekend? Will he make the cut? 
And will you sprinkle a little bit on Tiger in the uh, outright market? Here's the thing about Tiger Woods. Listen, before he made his comeback at the Masters, he had one date scheduled on his calendar, and that was the Open Championship. That was supposed to be the day he was going to make the big return, the big comeback. Tiger Woods has won the Open two times. Listen, I, I, I mean, three times, two to three times we're here. I do not put it past Tiger Woods to come out here and be highly competitive. If you look back at him playing at Southern Hills or at Augusta, those courses are very tough on, on the body, very tough even just to walk. The old course of St. Andrews is literally you go down one fairway, you make a U-turn, go down the other fairway, make a <laughs> U-turn the other fairway, and it's an easy course to attack. I think Tiger Woods makes the cut. He made the cut in both events uh, at Augusta and at, at Southern Hills, and those were a much more difficult course for a guy who's coming off injury, a guy who has to has is barely, basically walking on one leg. I am absolutely 100% sprinkling on Tiger Woods. And for those who follow me, I did not sprinkle Tiger Woods at Augusta. I did not sprinkle him at the PGA Championship. I'm sprinkling him here just because of this is there's something so strong about the mental game of golf where people were asking about Matthew Fitzpatrick. Why is he going to win the, the, the U.S. Open? Because it's the confidence. I consider it uh, if, as if you're going on a date after you just got broken up most of the time. You're dating that person that you have familiarity with, that ex, that person you used to talk to. This is what Tiger Woods is doing. Mm -hmm. He is so comfortable here, and this fits his game because Tiger Woods is not the bomber off the tee anymore, but he can still poke one out there. Who else out there is just as crafty with his wedges? Maybe Jordan Spieth. And so I think it sets up nicely for Tiger to make the cut. And some books are hanging to make the cut price at around minus 134. I don't really play juicy prices like that. But, I mean, I, it makes total sense. He has a better chance to make the cut here than he did at Augusta and at the PGA Championship. So I was just checking the latest odds here at the Circus Sportsbook down behind me. And uh, yesterday he was 140 to 1 to win this event. Today he's at 110 to 1 here at Circus. So I believe people must have been betting him at 140 to 1. I'm going to go ahead and put a little bit on him at 110 to 1. And just, you know, because I don't want to be the guy, Brad, that if he happens to win this event, and it's the biggest story in sports, and everyone's talking about how they cashed in on Tiger Woods, I don't want to be the guy not counting my money because I didn't have it. So it's people call it pizza money. Uh, <laughs> our good friend uh, Patrick Everson calls it Chili's money. I call it Starbucks money. You know, instead of getting that coffee or that, you know, that black tea lemonade that I like to get, Let's uh, we'll just sprinkle a little bit on Tiger Woods to win this thing and see what happens. Um, your favorite's Rory McIlroy. Is he the rightful favorite here for this event? Absolutely. Um, when you think about Lynx golf, when you think about a golfer who is designed for this golf course, a guy who can bomb it down there, a guy who's very good with his wedges and a guy who's hot with his putter. You know, that's that's something that played Roy for so long is how good he could be putting. It, Roy makes total sense. Uh, does the price really make sense? Mm. Do you really want to play pay uh, plus one thousand, plus one twenty five, whatever? What whatever odds you're seeing, they're way too low for me to make a realistic bet on Roy, just because it's a major. You know, if if it were like the Mexico Open with with Roy out in the Mexico Open field, yeah, I could pay those prices. But Roy makes the most sense here. Except I would rather be the guy who misses out on Roy at the short odds then backs Rory and he goes out there and finishes T11 
and I could have used that money on a guy who is giving me something closer to 20 to 1. What about the two golfers that you could argue are having the best 2022? Xander Shoffley and Scotty Scheffler both are uh, 12, 14 to 1 here. Yeah, I am 100% on Xander Shoffley. I actually locked in Xander Shoffley prior to his victory at the Scottish Open. Ooh. Um, I wrote about him, one of my pieces, and I wrote about him to win the Scottish Open. I wrote, I will be on Xander Shoffley for both the Opens, regardless of his price and regardless of how he performs. Uh, Xander is uh, a madman right now. But we knew this run was going to come. It was just a matter of time. You know, when he he won Zurich with uh, Patrick Cantlay, we were like, when is, when is this run going to happen? It's got to be now, right? Well, it's now. He wins the Travelers. He goes and wins the J.P. McManus, which everyone says doesn't matter. However, the field is stacked, and he just went out there and obliterated people when he should be running his victory lap. And now he's going to play a golf a golf course, which requires his skill set, his big sweeping draw. He's just as crafty with his wedges. And, man, he gained something like 7.9 strokes putting mm. um, in the Scottish Open. Okay, just before people get too excited about a Scottish Open success, it does not directly translate since Scottish Open, um, especially the Renaissance Club, is not a true links course. But the skill set still remains the same, and, and Shoffley has it. Now, for, for um, Scheffler, this is the best price we're going to get on Scheffler until he wins again. And I think the same reason that if you were to be on Scotty at the Renaissance Club is the same reason you should be on Scotty at St. Andrews. It actually may, might make more sense to be on Scotty um, for the Open than it did for the Scottish Open. I like his price. I think that I got it somewhere around plus sixteen hundred. He's going to be another guy. If you read, if you read my NBC Sports Bet article, he's going to be a guy that I'm going to be one hundred percent on because he has the skill set to compete here. What about my dude, Will Zalatoris, who uh, I have bet every tournament. I will continue to bet every tournament because of the major FOMO I will have when he finally wins his first event. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to be on Zalatoris. Um, and I don't have a strong reason why. I think that at this point, now it's the mental grind. Yeah. And we were wondering when we were going to see that from him. You know, so many runner-up finishes in majors. Mm -hmm. This guy is a major killer but he hasn't crossed the finish line, I don't think he does it here. Um, and it's nothing against his game. You could say it's putting, but, I mean, over his last three tournaments, his putting has improved drastically. He's almost petting, putting better than Cam Smith, who's the, the best putter on tour. I just don't think that he wins here. I think he's going to have to wait until next season to get a victory if, in a major, in my opinion. All right, we got about a minute left. Give me a bomb here. Who do you like as a real long shot? Real long shot. Uh, my favorite is Max Homeup. 50 to 1. I know it's not a super bomb, but I think someone in that that 20 to 25 range has the most realistic choice. But Max Homo is playing the best golf for his price. He he's a guy who's just so in love with Lynx golf. After he's done playing his rounds at the Scottish Open, he go to other Lynx courses later in the day to play more golf. Mm. Who's playing better golf than him at that price range? No one. So you, you don't have to convince me to take a guy at 50 to 1 who loves Lynx golf. All right. We'll certainly be on that. Brad, I appreciate the time and the insight. Best of luck. Continued success with the Golf outrights, and let's see if we cash here at the Open. Enjoy it this weekend, brother. Thanks for having me. There he is, Brad Thomas. Uh, just great stuff there on the golf. Check his stuff out at NBC Sports Bet. He's on Twitter at Mr. Brad Thomas. I'm Scott Sadenberg. You hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S C O T T S O N A I R. This is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.